Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and that is Tim. And this mm-hmm. is Halloween month. It's October. It's the October Thon. And we do yep. lots of movies. And we had three Patreon votes this month. Three minutes of playtime. Um I don't like that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I've done a better Macho Man impression before. That that was a that I didn't think I was going to do that before I did it. It was just when I held up my fingers oh. that I went. I was like, oh, that, that makes me think of Spider Man oh. and Macho Man. <laughs> so I was like, I got you for three minutes of play time. Oh, okay, so, that's fair. Well, I thought you were doing uh, like a creepy uncle. Thing, no, 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 but... no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. All right, sorry. Now, <laughs> admittedly, the plot of the movie would lend itself to said creepy un- right, yeah. uncle thing, but uh, no, Come no, no. <laughs> I was doing. Surely it should be come to uncle, but what? what? Yeah, it's. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to. Well, I'm going to dissect the whole thing because we're going to do that in a second. Uh, that's the whole point of the show. But yeah, so we had three Patreon votes for the month because it's October, and one of them was the franchise starter vote, which is you know we'll we'll do the first one in October, and then over the next several months, year probably with this one, we'll do the sequels from time to time. Uh, and that the winner was Hellraiser. The winner was Clive Barker's Hellraiser from 1987. So, uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Leprechaun did not win. <laughs> it's okay. This actually makes me happy for two reasons. Okay. Uh, so, well, one, I'll spoil it right away, and that is the fact that I love this movie. I'm a big, big Hellraiser fan. But two, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the idea of forcing you to watch all the sequels, like, because <laughs> see, I was oh going to say, Tim. I, okay, I get you love this one, right? And that's fair. <laughs> But do you love the following like nine more than you love <laughs> the following whatever eight Leprechaun movies, for example? I love. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't say that I love them, but I do love the idea of you having to watch them. So that's okay. You know, all right. That's 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 and not I, comforting at all. But go on. <laughs> well, actually, I haven't seen all of them, so I'd probably seen the first five for sure you've seen more than uh, me I've, I've seen the first three i've seen up to three hell on earth and then i've not seen past that <laughs> well so. you're in for a treat i know there's one in space i'm looking forward to that <laughs> i believe that one features adam scott as well oh really oh well no yeah. i'm doubly excited <laughs> doubly excited uh, and then uh the fifth one i believe is uh from one of your favorite directors scott derrickson are you ki- are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> that asshole sinister and doctor strange ah oh, him yeah now I, w- I would venture to say that there's actually only really two hellraiser movies to be honest uh, i think everything else has just been a different script that they're like need to keep the licensing on so it's a hellraiser movie now yeah i mean to be fair i don't remember three feeling like it felt that way but or any three more than probably yeah yeah yeah, I think three is the one people lump most. Like the first three, uh, I think people kind of view as like a, a trilogy, and you know, some might even say like you know, like a pretty good trilogy or whatever. Uh, I think yeah, after that is when it really gets off the rails, and especially like the later ones when you're talking like six, seven, you know, whatever. I think it's very obvious well, at that point that I'd, oh, you just had like a weird cop horror movie that you threw some cenobites into. I'd have to double check, but I, I want to say that three was the last theatrical one, and then it was direct to video. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Which is probably why it feels like there's a divide there. Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe 4 was theatrical as well. Maybe it was after 4 that they, they stopped doing them theatrically. But it was around there where it switched to direct-to-video. Uh, which, say what you want about Halloween and Friday the 13th and your, your Nightmare on Elm Streets, they never went direct-to-video. They, they were theatrical, you know, hell, in one franchise's case, theatrical to this very month. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know... Um, but yeah, so, and those are the ones where I've not seen all the sequels for things, typically. Like, you know, those biggies, I've seen all of them, and I had before we started doing the show. Hellraiser, I saw the first one. You know, I, I bought the Anchor Bay DVD in, like, 2004, whatever it was, when they did the special edition. And it came with 2 and 3, and that's when I first saw those movies. And I've not seen anything past that, because I never went out my way to see them, because I'd heard nothing but bad things. But now, of course, over the next year or so, I am going to see all... 10 of them or whatever it is i don't know how many there on. is a lot it's something like that uh at least nine for sure to, to, to at least be fair to it the, the whole idea of taking like another script and like turning it into a sequel to another franchise is not exclusive to hellraiser or even horror movies sure. because uh i think the most famous example i like to bring up is die hard with a vengeance was a script called simon says and then someone just said make john McClane the main character and it worked. It was like, okay, now it's Die Hard 3. Oh, cool. <laughs> that works. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, we'll start spoiler free for Hellraiser, and we will warn you before we go into spoilers, and we'll we'll get into this. Um, so, what? How does one describe the plot of Hellraiser for a new <laughs> a new person? Um, so it's, it, it's especially kind of weird because most people are familiar with like even if you don't haven't seen the movie, you kind of know the franchise, like you know pinhead and stuff but then it, it's actually kind of a small part in this movie well yeah like I mean, maybe the, the plot of the movie i mean like they, they're the backdrop to the plot but the actual plot mm-hmm. is that we have there uh, this this frank uncle frank because you got the main couple uh, larry and uh and julia julia and uh, his brother frank is in, into the kinky stuff right <laughs> into a bit of the s&m mm-hmm. and he's looking for bigger thrills and he gets the the, the box right the box i i I always, I never know how to pronounce it because the, the way it's spelled, it kind of, it, it's like Larmchand like uh, configuration, but I think it's like more like Larchmont or Larchmond or something. It's the box, and <laughs> he gets the box, and he, you know, he goes to the, he basically summons the centerbites, and they take him to their hell dimensions for pain and pleasure of all kinds. Uh, or of course it's something he probably regrets because it looks very painful and it's full of hooks and there's, there's actually I, I didn't remember that when you see like their their world for a bit that there's actually like dicks like on the wall oh, yeah. there's a, the pillar in the middle there's, like, there's a couple of dicks that are just like you know stapled to it and I'm like okay uh, all right oh yeah wait actually you know this this might be worth noting because I don't uh, could be wrong but have we ever done a Clive Barker movie I before don't think so I guess it's the first one oh yeah yeah, because like if uh, if you're not familiar with his work, it is like very sexual. Like he like oh, he yeah. himself is uh, I, I believe into like S and M and stuff. So you can really see that in his work. There's like I thought you were going to say of... he himself is a is a sandal bait. I was like, what? <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he's definitely like you know that like his stuff is like um you know is very you know horrific and violent, but also like there's a very like you know sexual very nature erotic. to it as well. He's kind yeah. of like. He's not like H.R. Giger, because their styles are completely different, okay. but there's yeah. definitely, like, he's like a different genre of H.R. Giger, if that makes any sense. I can see that, yeah. You know, whereas H.R. Giger's, like, almost like this gothic, um, gothic biology that's very sexual. Clive Barker's more your ridiculous, kind of absurd erotic monsters mm-hmm. if that may, I don't know if I'm making any sense here but like no I, I know exactly yeah. yeah what do you mean like I guess maybe it might be a little bit of a, a style that's hard to describe but when you watch it like you can see it well yeah I, I think that's the thing though when, when the, the trail from Mandy came out we, we described the, the oh, bakers yeah. and that as Cenobites because that's how we it's kind of like how do you describe how cola tastes you say it tastes <laughs> like coke you, you have no other description for it you know like that's just what it is so <laughs> You know, it's uh, yeah. So, uh, so, so, but yeah. the actual, the actual, dicks on the wall. Yes, dicks on the wall. But the actual plot of the movie is that he's taken from them, and then you know, uh, Larry and Julia move into the house, and he he actually comes back because the blood. Uh, Larry cuts himself in a nail when he's moving the bed in, and the blood. Which, that part really grosses me out. Oh yeah, because it's like, building up to it for so long, and then the actual shot yeah. of the nail getting into his hand is really brutal. Uh, so it's a very gory film, very graphic, and it's all practical effects as well, which looked very good and hold up. But uh, he basically reforms, but only on the most basic skeletal level. And the plot of the movie is that Julia finds him, and Julia was secretly having an affair with him, and is very turned on by Frank and his he's like evil, sexy ways. And she has to lure in innocent men to kill them, so that their blood and life force will fuel him to become more and more human again. Uh, because he has to escape because he doesn't want the Cenobites to come after him because they'll be wanting to know where their, their pet is yeah. and that's the that, that is the, the basic gist of the movie and then the other main character of course is is uh, was Julia Kirsty sorry Kirsty you're right who's Kirsty on this cast list she's like oh that's she is why does she have two names everyone only has one name she has two names on the <laughs> cast list it's weird anyway yeah Kirsty played by Ashley Lawrence uh, is of course the other main character who who kind of becomes concerned it's funny because you go into it it feels like she's supposed to be the main character and she kind of becomes the main character in the second half yeah but in the first half it's very much Julia who's the protagonist I feel yeah I would agree with that yeah so it's, it's kind of an interesting structure in that way uh, you already spoiled your response to this question but how much do you like Hellraiser Timmy <laughs> Uh, I like it a lot, and it, it's actually um, 
similar to Phantom, this is kind of like a, a newer love for me. Like I did see it growing up and I liked it, but I remember not like loving it. And then I think, uh, you know, a few years ago I, I bought the Blu-ray and I rewatched it. And I was like, oh, this is really good. And then uh, I think last year I actually went to um, they were showing a screening out here of it in a, you know, a really nice theater and 70 millimeter. And, you know, uh, I was just watching it again. I was just like, yeah, like the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I really like this. And I. Yeah, I've been trying to. Do you, know, Tim, read... you should probably just be like, "I love Ellie Hat all times." Just we get it, we get it. You have fancy press screenings and and celebrity appearances because you're an Ellie. Yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I actually walked by uh, Val Kilmer uh, earlier this week. <laughs> was he looking healthy or was this like depressing Val Kilmer? It's kind of depressing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> uh, I actually I didn't recognize him at first, but I was like uh, I was at a screening for um, this new show that my my friends in uh, Dream Corp LLC everyone should watch it uh, this Sunday actually, um, it's uh, premiering. But uh, yeah, uh, afterwards we're hanging out and walking through the uh, theater, and then my friend was just like, "That's Val Kilmer." I just looked up. I was like, "Oh, so it is." I like I like how your friend didn't sound excited <laughs> when he said that's Val Kilmer. He was just deadpan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm stating a fact. That is Val Kilmer. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, LA is great. Um, so is Hellraiser. I, <laughs> yeah, the, the the more I thought about, it, the more is like you know, it, it's one of those movies where yeah, it, it like kind of like slowly climbs my ranks, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I, I really like this, and uh, I've been trying to read more, so I've been reading uh, some Clive Barker yeah. over the last couple of years, uh, and actually read Hellbound Heart, which this is based on, which um, it's the movie is pretty faithful, which. Yeah, you know, makes sense because uh, he directed yeah. it and wrote it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a uh, it's a weird. I don't know if I'd recommend people need to read the book because it is so similar to the movie. It's not like you'll get much difference, but uh, I, I it's a short and kind of easy read. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, and it it feels very unique. Like um, like you know, like like when you're doing the description of it, it's like yeah, there's not really like a lot of movies like that, and the you know practical effects are, are so good. Like can't really think of much stuff that kind of compares to it so this is um, a really solid film that i uh, there's a few things i don't like about it so it's not perfect but uh overall yeah big fan yeah um i like it a lot uh you kind of hit partly on why i like it so much i think is is how unique it is because this came you know kind of towards the end of the slasher boom right and I feel like this kind of falls into like a special category where it's not really part of that boom. It's of the 80s. It feels like a movie made in the 80s, but it doesn't feel like it's part of the era in terms of what all the other movies were doing. It feels like so unique in terms of its plot and its structure. And I think that's kind of why even Hellbound, which I know a lot of people like. Now, I may like it more when we watch it again. I've not seen Hellbound in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. But I didn't love Hellbound that much when I saw it the first time. And I think it's because... This movie is this plot. It's this plot about you know this 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 uh, this dominant brother who's kind of like brought his like new brother's wife into this weird sexual love affair where she's like the the subservient one and she's into it and she becomes kind of like his his slave to his master and brings him the the, the dead body and the whole thing's about control and power and how that turns people on that's the whole thing and that's the movie and the Cenobites just kind of play and they're very effective when they show up but they, they very much just play the, the background to this and then, so when it went on to like do other movies, it was kind of like, well, we want to make the movies more about the Cenobites and what's going on. Or, or if it's not that, then it's a, another random plot that the Cenobites feature in. But that's not, but that's not what Hellraiser One is. <laughs> I like Hellraiser One yeah. because the plot's good. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, very well said. Like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the poster child for you know like franchises gone awry like yeah you have such like like it's such a good one and done movie and like the the cenobites and the box and everything it's such like a good like mysterious thing that you it's it's cool to think about but yeah it's definitely one of those things where it's like yeah we don't need an origin movie we don't need to yeah. show where these things come from and it, it loses that mystique in the other movies because it, it hints because it obviously hints at all this mythology about where where these cenobites come from and different configurations of the box lead to different demons and different things and that's really cool to think about like you say but like this is a one and done movie at the end of the story i feel like it's complete and i, don't, I didn't want a sequel and i don't feel like it needs any sequels yeah. and there's like nine or ten of them <laughs> So here <laughs> yeah. we go. <laughs> buckle in, people. Yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> but no, I like it a lot. I like Ashley Lawrence. I like all the actors really, but she she's she sticks out. Um, just, I mean, I think all four all four of the leads are really good, and and that's not even including 
Pinhead. Obviously, uh, Doug uh, Bradley, who does Pinheads, is really good. But um, like, I think they all bring something different to the table. Um, and they, they they have to do different versions of the roles. Like you say, the practical effects are very impressive. It, and not only the impressive, they do things that I don't think I've seen anywhere done anywhere else. Where like oh, flesh yeah. is reforming around bones and stuff like that, and you know blood is being absorbed by a floor, and there's just all these little yeah. things. It's like oh, this is different. Yeah, and like even even little stuff I noticed, like the like when the chains are just kind of flying through the air, I was like, this looks good. Like it, like I've seen other movies with stuff like that, just looks really cheesy. Like, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. Like it actually like looks good in this one. No, there's a, there's a style to how how they've made it look, where they, they'll shroud it in darkness and they'll they'll you know, there's presence whenever the centipedes or anything of that stuff comes up. There's presence. There's some shots when it'll cut because Frank's kind of hiding in the attic for a lot of the movie. Uh, there's one point where it just cuts back to him, and he's just, and he's again, he's still like missing his face and whatnot. But it's just like the line, the edge of light, like the rim of light on the the sort of the the profile of his face, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just in darkness otherwise, and you just see it, and it looks really creepy. And there's another point where it cuts up to him, and he's sort of sitting in almost like a crouched Batman esque pose. But and he's, <laughs> again, he's naked, and he's all kind of like just no skin, and it's 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 really surreal. And like, I mean, the word unique cannot be used. It's obviously grotesque, but in like a fun way. Yeah. It's like really <laughs> grotesque, but it's fun. And then the Cenobites, uh, other than Pinhead, I do not know the names. So I will refer to them henceforth as Pinhead, Lady Cenobite, Nemesis from Resident Evil 3 Cenobite, um, uh, The Thumb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, am I missing one? I think I'm missing one. I, I think that. Oh, wait, no, that's all of them. That's not all of them. And then that's There's not also... the big demony thing that's on a skateboard. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not actually on a skateboard, but I'm imagining the cameraman or the operator behind it moving it is on a skateboard as they're pushing this that big makes sense. prop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's cool that like you know they all look unique and you know they all kind of seem to have a you know a, a similar present. Or I'm sorry, uh, like they all have like their own unique presence uh, in yeah. each one and again it's just really cool like when you're seeing them and you know like like most horror movies you'll have like one monster and this like you know you get like four or five like really cool unique individuals and and again you know your imagination kind of run, runs away and be like oh like this is so cool like where do these things come from what are they doing to people like they're you know so intimidating and it's like so scary that like um they're doing all this stuff but it's like to them it's like pleasure like part of it is that you know um you know the kind of that whole like sadomasochism thing where it's like you know pain and pleasure like two sides of the same coin but you know you kind of like get a little more than you bargain for when you like exactly it's it's a story about someone going going for the extreme more and more and that's this is what it leads to uh and it leads to just misery and pain for everyone involved pretty much so Uh, yes it's it's good it's good how it plays with that um and uh, and I like how they all feel unique, but they also they have like a theme. They're all connected by a theme. Oh, yeah. They all look like they belong as a group. Um, yeah, I uh, can see them like hanging out, like <laughs> you know, together. That's really not what I meant, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously, again, the the look for Pinhead's great. The voice is great. You know, the box you opened it, we came. <laughs> You know, yeah, I always forget, like, there's, like, a lot of good lines in this. You know, there's, like, Jesus wept, and, you know, we will tear your soul apart. And, uh, also a good you know, one, so- yeah. Tear soul yeah. apart's a good one. <laughs> or, uh, oh, my favorite line is, uh, what he says, like, you know, uh, what, like, don't cry, or, like, don't waste your tears or whatever. Or, no, wait, don't cry. It's uh, such a, a waste of good suffering or something like that. But, <laughs> another really good one. <laughs> I love it. I can't remember it. But <laughs> no, it's just... It's uh, it's good. If you if you if if you like, I say we keep saying the word unique. I think even the tone feels kind of like special. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It does feel otherworldly. Like we're tapped into a, a different like world or something like that. A different like way of thinking about things. And I guess that's what that's where it helps. Where the, the the director and writer is a guy who is into the stuff that he's telling a story about. Um, you know, like this. This is all like a, almost a, like a, a metaphor, or I, I'd almost call it the, uh, the the Buffy thing. You know, the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it takes the real thing and turns it up to eleven. You know, again, the example I was using Buffy. You know, teenagers think high school feels like hell, so in the show, it's literally on a hell mouth. This is like yeah. so. This is taking the S and M stuff and then turning it into literal, like you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> like monsters, actual demons, demons yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, uh, but one one thing awesome. I really like about it too is uh, <laughs> I sometimes I forget this when I watch it, but um, you know, unlike other horror movies where usually like you know the victims are what, like teenagers or whatever, like <laughs> the victims in this are all like shitty business dudes, like, middle <laughs> middle aged men, yeah, They're all middle aged business dudes. Yeah, it's all like yeah, like middle aged white business dudes uh, that want to cheat on their wives. It's like yeah. Like who cares? Who cares? Kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the deaths are really cool. Some of some of the 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 gore effects are really good. It's actually it's like when you describe the plot of this movie, it doesn't sound like there would be a lot of like good gore practical effects, but it's full of them. Like it's actually full to yeah. the brim of them. It's it's kind of cool actually. You don't you expect yeah. it. And it, it it's very con- like for it, it it does a lot considering how contained it is because it is pretty short. Uh, yeah, is it, is it less than ninety minutes? Uh, it's up just about ninety minutes, almost. And, I think. Yeah, it, like I think it goes by like really quick. Uh, like it, it never, it, it really doesn't drag at all. And then it's uh, fairly contained yeah. in location as well. It's mostly yeah, in the house. It's just the house, yeah. yeah. Uh, which actually I like the house in this because it feels different to every other like I feel like in movies it's always the same kind of house that's in a movie right it's always the same you know stairs in the middle they go upstairs downstairs right? whereas this felt like more of a sort of typical you know it's still a house with floors but it's like more of a smaller house that more like families actually own right as opposed to the big you know upper middle yeah. class house that you always get in movies uh, I like how narrow the stairwell is or the staircase is right. yeah are you uh are you trying to say that the house itself is is a character? <laughs> no, I'm not a douchebag, so no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> the, no, you you are right, actually. Yeah, like I like how uh, narrow the stairs are, and it does like lead to you know like some confrontations later on where it's like uh, you know usually people are kind of like running all over the place, and um, in, in this place that you know there really isn't like that much to go and. Yeah, even like on the stairs and stuff, it's like you know a really like small space. And yeah, I mean, helps with, uh, there's a lot of movies where it makes sense why they pick a big house, like Home Alone. The reason why his family's so rich is because <laughs> for that plot to work, the house has to be big so he can run to other locations and hide and whatnot. It's just a plot reason, right? I mean, often I feel like it's just that's the standard. You have a house like this. I feel like, and that's a bit bigger than other movies. I'm not saying that's like the, the standard house you get in all movies, but I feel yeah. like this feels like a bit more crammed. It feels a bit more narrow, which is a bit more common, I think, for a lot of people. But it's also like you say, there's not much room to maneuver. So when two people are on the stairs at the same time, they're blocking each other's way. So it feels like you know you're 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 held in a box tight. Uh, you know, a box almost like the box. Like you know, everyone's in a box. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, um, and they're trying to break out with with pain and pleasure. So uh, I, I like that. I like I like the house in this a lot because it just it feels yeah. like such a different house to other movies. And that's not to say that the big houses aren't also like common and realistic. They are. It's just. The, those are always the ones in movies, so it's just nice to get a different type of house in a movie. Yeah. So yeah, as it feels, um, yeah, uh, music's really good. Christopher Young's score. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those ones where, uh, like, you know, when you're thinking like kind of classic iconic horror scores, they like it doesn't jump out at me. But whenever I rewatch the movie, I always uh, go like, oh, like. Yeah, this is a really good score. I actually bought the uh, vinyl for it. <laughs> well, uh... okay, all right. <laughs> that's a, that's a thing. Uh, have you had a record player for a lot wrong? I feel, I feel, I feel like um, this is a recent development that you buy in vinyls. Well, <laughs> I might have mentioned it before in the podcast, but I do have a record player, but I do not have speakers. Oh, you have so mentioned I... this. Yes, no, fair. That's fair. No, I, we had we've had this conversation. Yes, that's why. That's why in my head I was like, he can't play vinyls. I'm pretty sure he can't play vinyls. That's why. No, I can play them. I just can't listen to them. There's a difference. <sighs> Come on, that is a minute difference. They're, they're still useless. What does the spinning record with no audio do for you? Sometimes the spin is fun to look at. <laughs> I pity your wife. I really do. I pity her. Oh, I just imagine Tim putting the CD on, but he puts the record on at the same time. The CD's for the audio, but the record's for the visual. It's spinning. Oh, yeah. yeah, but the music's playing. Anyway. So, um... Uh, Spoilers, that will go to spoilers then. So full spoiler okay. warning for, for Hellraiser, uh, one of one of 11. <laughs> so, no, so obviously once, once she starts like, bringing men back and killing... I, the first one... I, I like how like, the first one's really tough and she almost can't do it. And she's like ter- she's almost like shocked and sickened by the blood on her 
like or on her body afterwards. But the second time, it's almost like she's failing on nails as he's as you know as Frank's now strong yeah. enough to kill her. Because the first time he brings someone back, Frank is really small, and I like this detail. He's crawling on the floor, and he's not like strong enough to stand up yet. And likewise, yeah. when he drains the body of the life force, he's like really small, and she can just pick him up like as if as if yeah. he weighs nothing. And I was like, he actually looks really light intentionally, so not not in a cheap prop kind of way, but and and he's actually had all of his blood and his flesh taken away. Therefore, he is actually I'm, quite light. Yeah, I love like any time Frank emerges from somewhere, it's great. Like you mm. know, from like the the very first time where he's coming through the floorboards, it, it just looks so cool, and then. Yeah, like that first time Julia finds him, he kind of is like crawling out of the shadows. And it's great that he always looks like kind of different, like each time. Like, it's always like, you know, that like that first time when he, you know, he forms from the floorboards. It, like, I find it hard to describe that. It's kind of like a mix between a yeah. werewolf transformation, uh, an effect from the thing, and just like, it, it, I don't know, yeah, all these different things. It feels like a little like bug like to me, kind of. Mm. Yeah, but all all the fluids are sort of like forming, and obviously they did a lot of this in reverse. I'm pretty sure where they, they yeah. reversed the footage, but uh, it looks really good. But uh, also the first kill, the actual kill itself with the hammer across the chin, where his jaw just goes away. Oh, ouch! Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful there's stuff. like a yeah, like there's a lot of stuff here, uh, and and I I think again this is just kind of like a a Clive Barker thing where you know he doesn't like to go for the expected thing. Like it's not just like oh I'm just gonna stab you in the stomach or slit your throat like there's a lot of like weird injuries <laughs> i feel like he types like he likes to do uh and yeah it's just like you know certain pl- it, it's it's funny like how like you know uh you watch so much horror movie and you like you get used to stuff that when you see like a oh like someone like scratching or tearing something off like a like on the, like, the weird side of someone or something like that it's just like unsettling because like oh like you don't see that that often it's the same um in season two of Agents of shield as a character who gets shot in the side and it's such a weird place to be shot in, a, in like a movie or a tv show yeah. that it felt weird it was like oh that's weird no one ever gets shot there yeah and it's like well, yeah. there's no reason why it should be weird but it's just they never get shot there in movies and tv shows and yeah. it felt like a like almost more realistic that it was just a weird place that happened to oh, catch yeah. a bullet <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's some weird, weird uh, injuries and deaths, and uh, obviously, sexual the sexual side of it's a big theme in the movie. Even right from the introduction, when Julia is getting shown around the house and she kind of hates it, she finds like Frank's photos and she's like staring at them. And she's all like, like oh, like all these sex photos she's got of like, with other women. And she starts thinking about how they met. And we get some flashbacks as to how they met, but um, like the fact that the 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 the, the moving guys who are putting the mattress up, the bed up, the stairs. As soon as the husband, you know, Larry's walked out of the room and they start hitting on her. And then they start hitting yeah. on their, his daughter when she arrives at the house. Like, without missing a beat, that's that's what they do. Um, oh, having said that, even the kind of love interest guy who's at the dinner party early on, he flat out, like, has a, like, a, a bit of innuendo in front of, like, her father. It's really weird. Because she's like, oh, I don't, I don't want any more or any more booze. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I won't be able to stand up soon. And he's like, well, lie down then. And, it's, and the father gives him this look, but it's not like a look of like, I'm going to kill you for saying that to my daughter. Yeah. He's just kind of like, oh, he went there. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> there was implication behind what he yeah. said. And it, I mean, there wasn't, there was nothing wrong with it. They're clearly flirting with each other. It's fine, but. Yeah. not in front of the if dad I, come on now <laughs> uh, if i would uh if i can use a term that i think the uh the kids uh today are using mm-hmm. uh it, it would be that everyone in this movie is very thirsty like <laughs> every are the kids kids using that for sex now the yeah. horniness thirsty well yeah like yeah you know like when someone's like real horny it's like you know they're thirsty you know they they want it <laughs> okay uh but listen the... man you're older than me, you piece of shit. Uh, but the thirst is real is applicable to earth, and that's not specifically sex. If oh, okay. Earth, if earth, and that's more to do with um, um, like media. The thirst is real, and something's doing well. The thirst is real. Okay. <laughs> Usually, something that's coming back after. Like right now, for me, with the Resident Evil Two remake, the thirst is real because there was new new footage over the last couple of weeks, and it was. Oh, okay. I guess for me, it would be the new Hellboy movie. The Thirst is Real, yes. Yeah. You're looking forward to Resident <laughs> Evil 2, what are you saying? Don't, don't yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm very looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, one of the things that sucks about having a, you know, uh, 
full-time job and stuff and you know being away most of the day though is I, I feel like i miss like a lot of news stories and stuff so i haven't really been up on uh you know too many of trailers or you know whatever details uh, they've been releasing on it i will send you a link tim and you'll if you're anything like me you'll be smelling from ear to ear when you see the locked doors and the places they can't Ooh. go until they find yeah. keys and shit and liquors and all sorts. <laughs> anyway, I'm going off track because I'm talking about Resident Evil 2. Uh, liquors also kind of Cenobite looking almost, just on all, all fours. Um, yep. See that? So, yeah. Goes about sexualization is a big theme, big theme in the movie. Uh, there's also yeah, the. Even, mis- oh, there you go. Or, I mean, even like, you know, with the. Uh, again, you know, it's like a little bit of a SM kind of thing, the whole relationship between. Uh, you know uh frank and julia like mm. you know she like because she's like a very strong woman and you can see that she you know she kind of seems to be like you know um the the one in charge when it comes to larry but with frank she's like you know completely submissive and yeah it's, it's kind of like she know. she normally wears the pants but when it comes to frank she likes the fact that she's not she's not in charge she she likes the fact that he's dominant and that he takes control yeah, yeah. no there's definitely there's definitely elements of that uh with, with, with those two um, and I, uh, we can't overlook the the mysterious homeless guy who turns into a gargoyle with wings <laughs> at the end, uh, a skeleton gargoyle, no less, <laughs> and flies off. And then the, the box makes it back to its original owner so that it can sell to someone else uh, at yeah. the end. What's your pleasure? I believe is the line, um, mm-hmm. which is really that's a really out there moment. But it's it's, it's a nice sort of uh, mythology thing where it's like, no, 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 okay, now it's completed its cycle. It'll go back to its original place, and you know be given to someone else well, i'm sure in the eighth movie we learn the whole backstory of that gargoyle. Oh, no doubt <laughs> no doubt um i do, I do the one one of the few things i vaguely remember i think about the third one i want to say is those flashbacks to pinhead's like origin like who he was yeah as a human being and i don't remember liking that part but we'll, we'll find out yeah <sighs> we'll see we'll see but I, I do I do really like uh, the because ultimately where it goes with the plot is that eventually um, Larry's uh, concerned about Julia and he wants he wants uh, Kirsty to go over and try and be nice to because they're kind of a, a fractured relationship they don't really like each other very much and he wants Julia to go over and try and make amends and be friends and when she goes over she catches her with one of these men these businessmen and she sees Frank and Frank's all come to daddy and you know all that. <laughs> Because uh, yeah. actually, I I watched a little bit of the interview on the the Blu-ray, um, oh, nice. on on this here Blu-ray, and the she she was saying the actress was saying that she didn't know what she was auditioning for. Uh, basically, someone who was teaching her drama class was like related to New World Pictures who were making the movie, and that when she was talking to Clive Barker and the producer, she was like, oh, hey, I've got someone who might be good for this. And she, she, you know, phoned her up. She didn't know what she was auditioning for. She came into the room and apparently Clive Barker said, right, <laughs> your uncle's wearing your father's skin and he's trying to have sex with you in that order. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is beautiful. <laughs> what a way to sum up the plot of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that's I mean, it. Uh, what more motivation does an actor need? Exactly, exactly. Uh, but she escapes, but she gets the box and she runs out with the box and she 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 passes out, but she wakes up in the hospital and the doctor, like skeptical of her story, like gives her the box. She can't really remember it, so she starts playing with it and she accidentally triggers the the hanging demon, the, the one that I said was on the skateboard, <laughs> who comes down the yeah. long hallway, like makes a door in the wall and it chases her. But then then she messes with it again and Pinhead and the rest of the Cenobites show up. And they're like, oh, the box you opened that we came. And she basically bargains because, like, hey, my uncle Frank escaped you. How about I lead you to him and you don't take me? You just take him. Because he, he, it's his fault he got taken. She didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. Um, so it becomes almost like a sting operation where she's working. She's a double agent for the Cenobites when she goes back yeah. to the house <laughs> uh, to try and get him. And she thinks it's her dad, but now he's actually killed, killed Larry and taken his skin. And he's acting all different. So that's that's actor got to have some fun. He got to play like two completely different roles over the yeah. course of the movie, which is always fun. Yeah, and he does a pretty good job too when he's uh you know starting to act like Frank. Yeah, no, he does. Um, and then of course uh the the the, the she she leads him into the attic where they they take him because uh, he's he's going to kill her for for betraying him and uh they they just you know they hook him up and they take him and he's he's a in a miserable place uh and yeah. there you go and he's already killed Julia by this point he's killed everyone killed everyone who's close to him so 
But yeah, uh, but that's when Love Interest Boy shows up and the Cenobites still want her. They're, they're going back on the deal, they still want to take her. So she's running around and she's basically like playing with the box and doing different configurations and each one will take away a different Cenobite. So she's sort of like doing that to like get rid of them. So they kind of phase away. Um, and so it, it kind of becomes this like house of horrors for the last 10 minutes where she's running around the house and running to different yeah. Cenobites and playing with the box to get rid of them. So it, it hints at how like dangerous these things are and how, how powerful they are. Uh, but it's just a tease, it's a nice little tease before they finally get rid of the big one and then uh, Gargoyle Skeleton Boy takes the box. <laughs> yeah, like I actually really like the scene where, you know, uh, she's kind of like running down the stairs and it seems like, you know, uh, all right, they have Frank, so, you know, they should have what they want, so she should be good and free to go. And then, uh, but before she can come down the stairs, the, you know, female Cenobite is up there. And again, like, you know, these stairs are so narrow, like, you know, she's coming up and she's like, you know, dragging her hook like across the wall, uh, and she's like, "Oh, like you're not gonna leave us yet." And that's when I like, you know, you can really start to feel like some, you know, scares and tension where you're like, "Oh, damn!" Like she like can escape, uh, but then, mm. yeah, she somehow yeah. uses the puzzle. Like, I, this might be kind of a weird complaint, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I I do find it weird. Like I can't really figure out the puzzle. Like I can't really figure out how you solve it, and then also how like you use it to like get rid of yeah. these things like it just seems like it seems like it's always just doing the same thing like it pops up and then it goes down like it doesn't really seem like an actual puzzle it just seems there's like one there's one where it spins as well but it, it looks like there's different yeah. types of shapes that came out of it and i it, yeah it's, it's I, I just have to accept that she's kind of quickly figuring that out and trying different things and they're, they're working but i i think mm-hmm. what i did like though is i think before the big one shows up at the door you know the big hanging one I think like she knows that's coming because the configuration that she accidentally makes is the one she made in the, the hospital room. Oh yeah. So she understands that that's what that's going to trigger, and she's like, "Oh shit, no!" And she she quickly tries to change it. Uh, so I, I like that. Uh, I like that. It's it's a minor complaint, though. I think in the grand scheme of. of oh things. no! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, like it, it's like it's a small thing, and yeah, I think it is something that would kind of be hard to convey on film to actually see mm. like. You know, all the intricacies and stuff so it, it's fine but it, it's always something that i kind of scratch my head when i watch one i'm like what exactly is she doing like kind of yeah. looks like she's just running her fingers along it also the uh, scene with the uh, the lady cenobite in the stairs is very you know it calls back to earlier when julia was like blocking her on the stairs and wouldn't let her go again yeah. so the, so like i say the narrow stairs was used multiple times in this movie to yeah <laughs> you know to, to deal with characters even the bed and cutting the hand and the nail again narrow yeah. stairs will oh. cause that yeah and uh, i like the um I like that she kind of like sends all the Cenobites away with the, you know, puzzle box, except for, you know, the one like towards the end, the, um, uh, I think the official name for him is Butterball, but he's kind of like the fat one. Uh, the thumb, and, yes. Yeah. And he just gets like, you know, the house just falls on him. Like, you know, he just gets like some debris and stuff that just falls on him. Yeah. No, no all that stuff's good. Um, it's, it's a really wacky, like, over the top, but not in, like, a betrayal of the tone of the movie kind of way. It's like, oh, you've, definitely not. you've been teased these centibites a couple of times in the movie, and it's kind of like, oh, no, no, now all hell's breaking loose. And then you, we get the over the top, you know, gargoyle skeleton thing, which yeah. is just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty in- intense movie. I think that there really is barely any, like, you know, moments of levity in it. Like, yeah. Like, maybe, like, a few stuff. Like, I, I guess maybe that dinner scene, but it's so quick. Like, yeah, most of it is, like, a, you know, pretty intense. Yeah, and I think it says something that the two young, you know, characters who are, seem to be having a budding relationship uh, in a normal, healthy way are the two that make it out of this alive. Yeah. Um, everyone else is, is 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 either... Even the businessmen are trying to cheat in their wives and having, like, a one, yeah. a one night... St- I mean, it's not nighttime, it's, like, middle of the day, but, you know, one night stand yeah. with, <laughs> with this random woman. Uh, and then, of course, you got the food chain to the S&M and then at least to the Cenobites and, um, you know... And it's funny, because you know Clive Barker's not, like, dismissing it. He's not... He's not... Because he, he's not speaking against it because he's, you know, he's into uh, that kind of yeah. stuff himself. He's, he's not downplaying it. I, I think the point of the movie is that he's trying to, like... He's trying to like sort of almost like show what the 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 desire feels like, what the what the the passion feels like, and how how it feels like a monster kind of thing. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting too uh, snobby, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I think that's fair. And you know, there's there's something you know to be said of like you know maybe with that kind of stuff, you still have to be careful, like you know, because yeah, part of it is like you know you want to unleash your demons and stuff, but also like you don't want to go too far with it. Like you know, there's a you know, there's a maybe there's a point of no return that you have to kind of be careful of. Like you can get too sucked up into it or something. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of times in this movie where the idea of like where where does the you know like it has consent being given you know or, or is there is one character going too far and the other character because because when he first has sex in the flashback with julia she he's just kind of like forcing himself on her and then she does get into it like you know it's not too long before she's kind of like initiating the next parts of sex and whatnot but it's like okay so he's being very forceful there and then the scenes later on where her husband's kind of try to initiate sex because she started it first and then she kind of starts to act standoffish and says no you know and screams no at one point um yeah. And he's like, oh, well, what the hell? So it definitely sort of brings that up a little bit and plays with you know, the idea of um, anticipation. Because the first businessman, when she starts acting weird and she's like feeling hesitant about like leading him up to his death, where he says, oh, you're not going to change your effing mind, are you? You know, and he gets really <laughs> angry at her. Um, so that, that's definitely in there and, and playing a little bit of a role in, in the themes. Like I say, very sexual themes, very, very... Yeah. The, the idea of consent and the idea that I guess both parties have to be into the weird thing as well. Like, you can't just, it can't be one-sided. It can't be like someone saying, you know, we have to do the weird thing, right? Both yeah. both parties have to be like, no, we're both on board with this. Safe words. There's no safe words in this movie. <laughs> there should be safe <laughs> words. Yeah, uh, another thing I like, too, is the, um, like, uh, you never really see exactly what, like, Frank does with the you know like his, his victims like yeah sure like like you obviously like you know assume that he's kind of like absorbing them somehow but you, you don't really know like exactly how brutal i think there's like one scene where you kind of start to see him just kind of like put his finger into like the person's yeah neck it was and a, stuff it almost like he was about to bait them like a vampire which would kind of yeah. make sense if that's what he was doing but then, then his fingers just started digging into him i was like okay all right um, it, it feels like very vampire-ish. Like it, like he's obviously not like a full-on vampire, but you can kind of see like the similarities, uh, yeah, between that. Yeah, I, I think it's more about feeding off other people's misery and like death than oh, true. you know than, than it is about the the because obviously vampires are very sexual a lot of times as well with how they you know the idea of seduction and taking people over. Like it's definitely <laughs> more. part of it. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Yes, yeah, I want to suck. <laughs> Your blood. There has to be a porno where someone says, I want to suck your cock, right? That has to be a thing. Oh, yeah, of course. That has to (laughs) be a thing. Probably not even a vampire one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean in the the, 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 the Dracula voice, you tit. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. (laughs) You know. uh, Anyway. Uh, so Heller is very good. uh, Dario Argento's Dracula in 3D probably does that. (laughs) That is very porno-esque. Oh, fair enough. I uh, have not seen it. I have not had the pleasure or the torment, as the case may be. Uh, I'm sure we'll do it at some point. We should yeah. do an all Dracula month. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could. Do. We could probably do like you know five versions of Dracula in one month. That's, that's yeah. entirely possible. Um, but hey, so that that is uh, that is Hellraiser. Anything else you want to add about the movie? Any scenes we've we've passed over? Uh, well, I think we were kind of talking about it, but the uh, another one that really grosses me out. But uh, again, I, I really, really hate rats uh, in the scene where, mm. um, you know, Larry and Julia are in bed. And I think it's one you're kind of talking about where, you know, she starts like saying like, no, no, no. And but uh, you don't really know if she's saying that to Larry or the fact that, um, you know, Frank is behind them and kind of coming up to the bed and he has a rat and he just like cuts off a slice of its back and ugh, it's like rats are already so gross yeah. but then like dead rats and then cutting up dead rats ugh, i hate it I, I took that as him showing that he was in charge like that was, that was like a, yeah. a show of force and dominance uh in a really sinister <laughs> way it's a really good scene actually that, that him sneaking up in the bed as they're as they're doing that is really yeah. good really good scene. and i love at that point he's like wearing one of his shirts so he's like still all like bloody and and like you know it, it always looks he always looks so great like he's always just like so like wet and just dripping like with blood but he's also wearing like a little collared shirt yeah um uh, yeah i wonder how much jelly they went through uh oh. over the course of this movie for him <laughs> to, to make him look so oily and wet the whole time uh jelly budget was over Oh yeah, I, I can I can only imagine. But no, this is a this is a great low budget movie. It is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of I feel like it gets lost in the mix between this the other biggies. And I think as a franchise, it's definitely weaker because none of the franchise is really worth looking at beyond a certain yeah. point. But I think the original stands up. I mean, I, I I think I mean I might like this more than the first Nightmare on Elm Street if I'm if I'm putting them up head to head. Wow! All right. Um, uh, definitely more than the first Friday the Thirteenth, but that makes sense because Friday the Thirteenth sure. got better as they went on, rather than. Yeah, uh, but I know I think that's totally a fair criticism. I uh, I 
I probably wouldn't feel that way, but that's just because I really, really like Nightmare. Yeah, like, yeah. That's kind of like my go-to franchise, but I definitely wouldn't you know, uh, admonish someone for thinking that. Yeah. That's it. I'll give Phantasm the, the point, so I think Phantasm is better. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, but hey, right, we'll, we'll do another top list at some point. Don't, don't, you, don't you worry. But um, yeah, so that's Hellraiser. That's the first Hellraiser movie. Uh, it's very good, very, very great and... Um, you know, there's a good concern here that this may be the most positive we are out of any of these television movies <laughs> by a margin. No, maybe I like two more this time. I don't know because a lot of people do like two. Some people like Hellers of two more than one. So I think that's kind of crazy. Like I, yeah. um, I, I don't watch two as often, so I, uh, I do remember liking it, but again, it's probably been a few years now. I, I remember um, being lukewarm on it, but I'll see how I feel next time because it's been a long time. It's been a long ass time, so. Yeah. I'm looking forward to revisiting that in three, and then cautiously curious about the rest, which we'll be doing over the next <laughs> year or so. Probably, probably more than a year because we've not finished uh, Friday the Thirteenth yet. We started that last October, <laughs> so. But yeah. we're, we're getting up there though. It, it's coming soon. We're, you know, we're we're up there on the numbers. Well, I feel like at the beginning of the year we weren't getting that many new movies, and then I feel like lately we just had like a big like yeah. rush of like. Oh man, we got a lot of new stuff. Which, do. by the way, for November we have like a backlog of like six like relatively new releases <laughs> that we need to do. So, um, maybe maybe a, a month and a half before we get to any more sequels. But, um, yeah. So that's Hellraiser one. What would you give it out of ten? Um, man, I I like this a whole lot, but it's uh, I I don't think it's necessarily perfect. Um, I so I'm gonna. But the, the more I like it, the more I do watch it. But I, I think I'm going to give it actually a a nine point five because uh, I wait a minute, Tim. I, you you hesitated <laughs> for a, installed for about a minute there, as if you were going to give it like a lower score, and then you you hit me with a nine point five, as if you were like, as if you were trying to explain and justify why it wasn't a ten. What you're so weird. I, I can never predict where you're going with the numbers. I can never predict it. Well, it's not perfect. That's why it's not a ten. But nine point five is an insanely good score. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! I'm just giving it a nine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a really, really good score. It's okay. You just you spend like a minute trying to justify what the how because you you're worried people think it's too low and then you hit, hit us with an eight point five. I'm just <laughs> right. Uh, so I actually rated it lower than you, despite the fact it just means your numbering is on a wacky scale. That's all I'm saying. It's on a wacky scale. Um, all right, that's Hellraiser. That's hell. As the first of the three Patreon voting winners for October, it's worth mentioning. There's a little bit of time left in the month. Uh, now Tim didn't have a say in what the voting was this month because he was away getting married Ooh. when when I was doing the the the, the, the vote. Uh, oh no! So <laughs> no, no, it's actually not. It's a good vote because um, October okay. this month, this this year, uh, marks the fiftieth anniversary of Night of the Living Dead. So I chose a zombie vote. So oh, okay. the options. And three of these would start more franchises, should they win. Oh boy. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. the options are Zombie 2, aka Zombie, aka Zombie Flesh Eaters, Wreck, mm. Living Dead yeah. at Manchester Morgue, and Return of the Living Dead. Okay. Uh, so, I don't think I've seen that third one. But. Uh, let me do I've seen all four of them. But um, yeah, so, so th those are up for the vote. So if you're a patron or if you're thinking about being a patron at patreon.com slash TV, go over, you get some bonuses, you get to feel good and warm and gooey in the inside and because you helped us. Um, I'm not going to quite say it's going to fulfill your S&M needs, but um, you get a little <laughs> kink out of if it. If you donate enough. <laughs> if you donate enough, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll read some dirty messages for you. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, me and Tim will do some do some audio porn. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I'll do anything for money. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can even write the script if you want. I mean, within reason. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and your Patreon tier. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah, check out Patreon. Um, and thanks for supporting us over you know, the month of October. Oh, go on. <laughs> oh, you know what we should do? We should find it would have to be a really high tier, but we uh, we should make a tier for um, during my bachelor party. <laughs> we filmed a horror movie. <laughs> so, what? 
<laughs> there, there should be like a tier where, where like, yeah, if you donate enough money, we will show it to people. <laughs> okay, that's the, that's the $10,000 goal is Tim's bachelor party horror movie, which I'm assuming is absolute garbage. Oh, we were uh, drunk. very, very, yes. very drunk. Yes. Uh, I filmed it completely with my iPhone. Uh, of course, I wasn't and... expecting, you know, no, you went and rented a proper camera in the middle of the night. And it was, uh, and after I filmed it, we watched all of it. And then as soon as we watched it, we we're like, "Well, we gotta make a sequel." <laughs> so then we filmed another one. <laughs> I I have no words. I have no words. All right. Well, uh, that's been screams after midnight. That's been the first of the three Patreon vote winners for October. Uh, we'll see you for the other two later in the month, uh, which isn't too long a week. It's a little bit a week and a half left in the month, so you can look forward to that. Uh, but even less by the time this goes out, actually, because there's a few episodes already recorded still to go out, so you'll be getting those. Oh but that's that is us. So uh, there's a really special one coming up. There's a really special one that we did for this month. Uh, there was another special one that I was hoping we'd do for October that we didn't quite get to, so that'll just come probably. Maybe that'll be a Christmas treat. Um, but there's a really special <laughs> Canadian film coming up soon. Uh, so, look forward to that. I'll tell you what it is after time. I don't want to spoil it on the, on the show. <laughs> Alright. So, that is uh, that has been Screams After Ready. It has been Hellraiser 1. The other Hellraisers will follow. Uh, you click the oh, link. Oh, I remember what it is. Uh, okay. Oh, there you go. You spoiled my joke. You, you cut in halfway through my joke. Sorry. I, I was going to say you clicked the link. We came, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you click the like button, we'll come again. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a terrible joke. Um, I liked it. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on Patreon, as I've said. Twitter at Screams Midnight for the specific Screams After Midnight Twitter. And you get me on Twitter at Wibble89. And you get Tim at Tim Vargulish. And that is us. Happy October. Happy Halloween. Happy October Thon. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next time. Keep watching scary movies, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>